Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I have your attention, please. You need passion. You need desire. You need want. play with that passion, we play together, we play for each other, and we play to win. Welcome to Irish Illustrated International. I'm Len Clark, and across the pond in the UK is J.P. McGrath. Practice number seven in the books for the Fighting Irish this spring. Coach Brian Kelly meeting with members of the media yesterday. And J.P., a lot of talk about the offensive line being rebuilt. And Brian Kelly said, nobody is guaranteed a starting position. They have to earn it. Yeah, I'd love to hear. I mean... The starting O-line had seemed to be Tosh Baker at left tackle, Dylan Gibbons at left guard, Zeke Corral at centre, John Dirksen at right guard and Josh Lugg at right tackle, with the caveat that um, Jared Patterson should be assuming that left tackle spot when he comes back from injury. But, I mean, as you said, Zeke Corral seems to have not nailed down that starting centre spot. And we've seen uh, incoming freshman Blake Fisher just have a, uh, have a monster week at left tackle, really having a lot of reps with the first team, which is crazy. And also Rocco Spindler, his fellow uh, top recruit that Andy got in last recruiting class, having sharing snaps at the left guard spot. We've seen Christoffic play at centre. We've seen Gibbons play at centre. So there's so many bodies there. Uh, you want to see that those variations across the line, that rotation, until so you can really nail down that, uh, that starting five. So Brian Kelly in a good spot saying, hey, let them compete for that starting position. Although we have a feeling that Zeke Carell will probably be the starting center come September 5th when the Fighting Irish kick off the football season against Florida State. But nothing is guaranteed. So it's, it's a nice little position to be in. And then Brian Kelly also said, hey, 14 incoming freshmen this year, they're going to get reps as well. Yeah, and, we, and, and we've seen it from, from the start, starting with the quarterbacks. You know, they've all three of them have been impressing, but you've seen a lot of Tyler Buckner. 
in the spots. Lorenzo Styles was working with the special teams, but also making some plays with the ball in his hands. Uh, Blake Fisher and Rocco Spinner, as I mentioned, that is just, I mean, what a get for, for ND. If, if, if those guys are sharing first team snaps as freshmen, you can lock up that left side of the line for the next two, three years. So it's a really promising start to spring, you have to say. JP, you mentioned Tyler Buckner. Brian Kelly alluded to him in the press conference yesterday saying that of all the quarterbacks, here's the person who's probably taken the biggest leap, and that's because he has come in as a true freshman trying to learn a new playbook, trying to get acclimated to a college environment, and he's doing a nice job on the practice field. Amazing, especially for a guy who hasn't played a game since late 2019. I mean, he missed uh, one of his seasons with, with a knee injury, and then obviously COVID really disrupted California high school quarterback. So he's come in. Uh, I know there was a bit of worry amongst recruiters when he had a sort of change in the, his mechanics of throwing the ball, but he's throwing a really pretty ball. That ball's coming out nice. Uh, and some great athletic scrambles as well. Very different to sort of um, Jack Cohn and Drew Pryor, who are more typical quarterbacks. Tyler's making plays with his feet. But what I have seen is the chemistry amongst all three of them. When you see um, Drew Pine out there, the first one there celebrating with him after a touchdown as Jack Cohn and vice versa. And I feel like that the offense in general since has a really nice chemistry going for a team that didn't return many starters from last year. So yeah, it's great to have all three guys looking good, impressing, sharing the reps. That's what you want in spring ball. That's true. True testament to the culture that Brian Kelly and the coaching staff had built at Notre Dame. You mentioned the three quarterbacks. Actually, there's a deeper roster because Brian Kelly also alluded to incoming freshman Ronnie Paulus, the son of yeah. Ron Paulus, who played quarterback for the Irish back in the 90s. Mm, yeah, I know. Well, I saw we saw a bit of him, a bit of him this week. He's a, a big presence at quarterback, that typical style. Um, so four quarterbacks. I mean, you can never have too many quarterbacks. So um, and a, a great position to be in. What's stay on the quarterbacks? I want to get your insight on Tyler Buckner. You've alluded to a little bit about his play. Jack Cohen, a transfer from Wisconsin coming in, making it an immediate impact. Drew Pine, basically the backup to Ian Book last year because Brendan Clark has had surgery. He's kind of on the outs right now because he hasn't had a chance to practice. Incoming freshman Tyler Buckner, Ronnie Paulus. And so we have an idea who might be starting as the quarterback, but a tough head scratcher for Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese because you've got so many different styles of quarterback. Is it a case where you find the quarterback that fits the system or you build a system around the quarterback? Difficult. I think Drew Pine, because he's been uh, with with the offense, he knows how it's run. He gets the the culture of the offense. You can see the offensive guys are rallying around them. I watched um, Avery Davis's interview. He's a big, they have a great rapport. Uh, you can see the guys really warm towards him. But again, as you said, Jack Cohen has that experience. He's played in the bowl game. Um, he's had numerous starts. And then Tyler Butler coming in. So Drew Pine, of course, the, the assumption is Jack Cohn will start a quarterback, but Drew Pine's going to be pushing him. He's been looking good. So it's 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 a tough one to call, but I mean, it's not a bad situation to be in. I don't think still early, you know, only the 11th of April, still got a lot of practices to get through. Still got a lot of variations I've been noticing. Definitely the offense is definitely opening up. I mean, seeing some bubble screens and even some RPO action, which is great to see, you know, really Tommy Reese. And that kind of shows the trust he's definitely having with the quarterbacks. You know, he wouldn't be trying to open up the offense, trying to incorporate some new things if he didn't trust the guys he had under center. Seven practices in the book, seven more, and then the final 15th practice, the blue gold game that will be held on Saturday, May 1st. This is Irish Illustrated International. I'm Len Clark. This is J.P. McGrath over in, in England. And J.P., they say the three 
hardest positions to hold in the world, the Pope of the Catholic Church, the President of the United States, and the quarterback at Notre Dame. And it's going to be a nice little fight for that quarterback position. Right now, your gut, who's going to be the starter come fall? Jack Cohn, I think, will be the starter uh, come fall. I think he's, he's, he's impressed in all the uh, images. I have to say his connection with, with, with Michael Mayer, the star tight end, I mean, they've just been connected. They had seen to have a rapport straight away, and that's who you want. You want your QB connecting with your biggest offensive threat from the get-go. So, yeah, I think Jack Cohen will be the starter. But um, I'm, I'm rooting for all three of them. At the end of the day, we just want the best quarterback for Notre Dame, but I do think it will be Jack Cohen. I want to do a 180, start taking a look at the defense. You're really excited about this defense. Yesterday in the post-game, or should say the post-practice press conference, Houston Griffith was spotlighted, had a chance to talk to the media. Here's an individual who was in the transfer portal. And then a guy named Marcus Freeman, who comes in from the University of Cincinnati, says, hey, I'm recruiting you. We want you to stay. I know you're a big fan of Marcus Freeman. Huge fan. Huge fan. And and this this this, incorpor- this incoming Marcus Freeman appointment is the big difference this year for Notre Dame uh, on the defensive side. After former uh, defensive coordinator Clark Lee took the vacant head coaching spot at Vanderbilt, Notre Dame hired the rising superstar defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman from Cincinnati. Freeman's defense helped Cincinnati to a 9-1 record in 2020, allowing only one team to score more than 24 points in a season. So whether you're a new fan of Notre Dame football or I've been following them all your life. I'm going to try and break down Marcus Freeman's defense and see how it will fit with the roster in 2021. I just want to preface this by saying there's going to be a lot. This breakdown is going to be a very football jargon heavy, but I'm going to do my best to simplify it for you if you're a new fan. However, if you really want to get into the teeth of certain line configurations, configurations or coverages, I really re- recommend Eric Murtagh's article on Marcus Freeman's defense on the one and and one eight strikes websites. So Freeman has really alternated between two base defensive formations, a four, two, five spread stopping defense and a three, three, five. And both of these formations operate under the nickel defense and the nickel defense became very popular in the mid eighties when the passing game started to expand through spread offenses, spreading the defense horizontally using and using anywhere between three to five receiver sets. So the numbers in 425 and 325 defenses refer 335, sorry, refer to the defensive personnel on the field at any given time, starting from the defensive line, working back to the secondary. So the four in 425 means there are four down defensive linemen on the field. The two meaning there are two linebackers, and the five meaning there are five defensive backs. For the 335 formation, there are three defensive linemen. Three linebackers, three linebackers, and five defensive backs. And both of these formations, there are always five defensive backs on the field. And this is to have one extra defensive back on the field to combat offenses using these extra receivers in these spread offenses. So, although Freeman opted typically for a base 3 3 5 defense in his last year at Cincinnati, it was used 59.3% of the time. Uh, during his last game against Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Notre Dame's roster does fit more into the 4-2-5 as this was the defense used by Clark Lee. Uh, and I'm sure Freeman will be working these guys to be adapted to all defensive coverages. He really wants versatile guys on the field at all times. So as I believe we'll see more 4-2-5 formations, why don't we start there? So both formations adhere to the same principle of Freeman's defenses, playing aggressive and stopping the run. In a four-man front, Freeman wants his pass rushing end, his weak side defensive end, to assume a standing position, just kicked out a little wider of the tackle shoulder, or using bigger linemen to occupy the defensive tackle spots and strong side defensive end. He calls it a jumbo end. And we saw this alignment used across the scrimmages 
which seems to be the starting defensive line. Isaiah Foskey lined up in that standing start on the weak side. Jason Adamiola and Kurt Heinisch occupying the defensive tackle spots and Myron Tungavaya Amosa taking that stronger side jumbo end spot. And this is the presumed starting line. And we've seen it to great effect of Isaiah Foskey blazing past Tosh Baker in one of the scrimmages. It looked great. It would have been a sack if it was a, if it was a full game. And Notre Dame has a lot of pieces along this line that can really thrive in the system. Jordan Patello can really play that weak side well. You've recorded two sacks in the first practice of spring. You've got Jacob Lacey and Riley Neal moving at the inside. Nana Asafa-Mensa really pushing the pocket. So this is a really deep room. Uh, all can fit all four, all four positions across the line. Uh, and that's really where it starts. This allows then the linebackers and the safeties to make these plays on the ball. The only difference with the three-man front, other than one less man, is that there's this new position, the power end. And this is what Maron Tungavailoa Amosa, and I'm just going to call him MTA from now on because it's a bit of a mouthful. That's where MTA is going to be taking because, as I said, he wants versatility. But with these new college offences, it's high tempo. It's hard to get guys in and out. He wants the guys on the field at the time to be able to switch from the 4-2-5 into the 3-3-5. So MTA will take this right end power end spot and when he wants to move to the 4-2-5 he'll then kick inside to play defensive tackle and then one of these other defensive linemen will take that jumbo end spot but loads of sizes loads of different speeds so a great deep room ultimately he wants his linemen to be gap sound uh, he wants the linemen to shut down the running game and then allow these athletic linebackers and safeties to make the plays and for the linebacker position, ND has a lot of options that Freeman can utilise. The 4-2-5 defence adheres to two inside linebackers, a Mike and a Buck. And the Mike linebacker is the typical quarterback of the defence. His job is to make tackles and control the defence with his calls. And the Mike linebacker, or the weak side linebacker, is responsible for both rushing the passer and dropping into coverage. Very athletic. So Drew White should return to anchor the Notre Dame's defence at the Mike position under Freeman and Bo Bauer. can also provide a very effective play at the Mike spot. The Buck spot is definitely a sparking spot up to grabs. Marisley, a foul proved last year, he can plug this spot on the defence very well, having a really nice game against North Carolina and also impressing so far in spring camp. Shane Simon shared the spot for foul last year, more of a traditional linebacker size, and he can push to start. And you also have Jack Kaiser, who we've seen perform really well so far overall other than Drew White there are guys in this roster who can compete and start for that will job and Andy has a lot of depth in this linebacker position so before looking at the secondary and evaluating who will take those five remaining spots it's important to address who will take the starting rover spot since the loss of Jeremiah Obusu Koromoa to the draft and the rover position has become a vital piece for this ND defense and for new fans of the sport or new fans of ND football the rover position on paper takes one of these remaining defensive back spots, typically the nickel cornerback position, and it operates as a hybrid linebacker safety that lines up on the weak side of the field. And its core aims to provide constant coverage on the opposing team's best player, but can also rush the passer and drop into coverage. Simply, it is the defensive playmaking position with a talent athletic enough to hawk down a receiver and stout enough to shed an offensive lineman's block. And it's become such an important piece due to Arusu Koromo's ability to do, do both that, rush the passer and cover receivers. And it really led to the 
a massive jump in ND's defense last year. And much like the buck position competition for the spot amongst linebackers is hot, with Kaiser and Leif are both operating, both offering competent play at this rover spot. And we can't forget Paul Maiola, who served as rover number two last year. And he's just he's missing screen ball through injury, but he can definitely step up. He's really said so far that he wants to be taking that spot. And also Kyle Hamilton, who we'll go on to later, can be could be devastating in this position, as well as Ohio State transfer Isaiah Pryor. So the new position that ND fans are going to get to know in the 3-3-5 formation at the linebacker spot is the sniper position. And it's definitely the coolest name for a, for a role in the defense I think I've ever heard. And this occupies the traditional strong side linebacker spot, or Sam. So in a classic 4-3 defense, the Sam is a player who is lined up opposite the heavier side of an offensive formation against a tight end, an extra receiver. However, as we mentioned earlier, so many spread offences, the traditional strong side linebacker kind of had to evolve. And this is where the snipe has taken it in the traditional 4-3, now 3-3 front six. So the sniper, like the rover, has to be able to cover the pass, defend the run as a hybrid body of both the linebacker and the safety. And the sniper is tasked with going man-on-man with tight ends, receivers and backs. And Carl Hamilton, for me, is the obvious choice at this sniper position. I mean, with his size at 6'4", 219, he's almost built like a linebacker, has that athleticism. And him in this sniper spot could just completely elevate um, the ND defence. Um, and my Jay Sanders, he played the sniper for uh, Freeman last year, and he recorded the most sacks and tackles for loss in Cincinnati's defence last year. So a very important spot. I think Carl Hamilton could be devastating there. Now, moving on to the secondary, the cornerback position is probably the weakest area of ND's defence and and the biggest cause for concern for Freeman heading into spring um, because based on what Freeman has done with the secondary in the past, this could see the biggest adjust to his scheme-wise due to the situation of ND's roster. So in terms of coverage, Freeman chooses not to overcomplicate things, mostly relying on cover one the majority of the time with a healthy dose of cover three. For new fans of the sport, coverages are denoted by how many guys are deep on the field. So for cover one, you have one defender deep, typically a safety. And cover one is also a man coverage call. So this means defenders are assigned to cover a specific offensive player and a deep safety is sort of scouring uh, the backfield ready to help out when he can, a centre fielder. And cover three is different as a zone defence. So it's where three defensive backs, typically the two outside corners and a safety divide the deep portion of the field into thirds, each occupying their own zone. However, despite this being a zone coverage, Freeman does like to mix in some modifications where players, especially corners, uh, will play in man coverage. And Freeman always has his boundary corner uh, in press coverage. And this is where the defensive back is playing tight, close to the line of scrimmage, attempting to jam the receiver at the line. The other cornerback position really fluctuates in its depth of coverage. And playing man coverage is the hardest thing for any defensive back to do. And without any real star defensive back on the roster, it's about three of his work cut out. But there's been some great uh, spring practices so far. Cam Hart has that length. Brian Kelly spoke about him this week at 6'2", 207. He'd be great at that boundary corner spot. The staff are impressed by him. Tariq Bracey and Clarence Lewis all popping off the film. So no recognised star starter, but you have to hope that Freeman continues being an excellent talent developer. Uh, there was not one four-star recruit on the 2020 Cincinnati defence, which is which is crazy to think. And then finally, the safety position. Here we have no, Notre Dame's defensive swagger 
Sorry, I'll start again. We've clearly gone 2-1 up. <laughs> <laughs> a little preference is that there's the Manchester United game uh, being played in the background. <laughs> and uh, you did warn us that there might be a scream in the background. I hope that I'm was very a- sorry. I hope that was a good scream. <laughs> yeah. Well, they can go higher. They can go higher. But anyways, finally, the safety position. Um, here we have Andy's defensive swagger, Carl Hamilton. Hamilton was named to the first team of ACC in 2020. He led the Irish in tackles, recording four and a half sacks. And as alluded to earlier, he could be really devastating in either rover or sniper spots before he probably leaves for the draft next year. However, here a conundrum really appears for Freeman. In the 4-2-5, if Hamilton plays in that rover, who will then act as the centre fielder in the safety spot to coordinate that secondary and prevent teams from throwing down the field? If the situation at corner back is still doesn't improve, Freeman might have to limit Hamilton's influence at the Rover and hope someone like Maris Leofau can step up to play that spot. However, the 3-3-5 also allows us some secondary cover for the loss of Hamilton that the 4-2-5 does not. So as Hamilton then occupies a sniper, you still have two or three players that can occupy that safety spot, providing that cover that you would lose with Hamilton. Uh, Andy also has a lot of youth at the safety position. Freshman Justin Waters and Ryan Barnes have really impressed uh, on the film so far that we've been sent. And as freshmen, that would be a massive win for the secondary in the future. So now we have the 2021 ND defence. I hope I have done what I can to prepare Irish fans for what to expect. But I end with this. The No Names defence has really become one of the identities for this team. And under Freeman, we've got a group of guys with success that is really limitless for the next two years. If it is to be believed, that's all Freeman is going to be here for. The defensive line and the linebacker rooms uh, have a really healthy blend of talent heading into spring, which is surprising giving which is surprising giving losing so many core pieces, Damon Hayes, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Ushikramoa to name but two. And yes, the cornerback room isn't as strong, but there's talent there. And you hope a guy like Freeman can get the best out of this room. I think he can. And really take that next leap defensively um, heading into 2021. He's J.P. McGrath giving you the X's and O's on the Notre Dame defense. When we come back, we'll talk about recruiting and an interesting international angle coming up. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated International. I'm Len Clark alongside J.P. McGrath. And J.P., this podcast is opportune at the time as Irish Illustrated is now international and so is the Notre Dame football team. We do have a German on the squad in Ehrensberger, but now you might say we have a true fighting Irishman on the team coming in 2022. I mean, this was just built. We were speaking last week about the allure that Notre Dame holds. Notre Dame this week got Darren Agu, three-star recruit, a defensive end coming out of Raven Gap in Georgia. But he is a fellow Londoner like myself by way of Ireland. I mean, the comparisons there are already stark. Listed as an athlete, he did play tight end. He's now moved over to strong side end. He moved over from the UK in 2020. This guy had a lot of offers on the table. Um, so he committed to, he got received his offer from Notre Dame on the 1st of April. An hour before that, he was on the phone to Nick Saban and he was trying to get him down at Alabama. But we were speaking last year about Notre Dame. He only wanted to play for Notre Dame. As soon as he got that call, uh, he committed. He also held offers from Florida State and North Carolina. And I think this is really speaks to you. We spoke about um, Ehrensberger, speaks to Mike Elson and how he can attract these European um, defensive players to come and play for 
for ND, these overseas guys. I also knows how to development, uh, develop them. And yeah, I mean, this is a huge, a huge get for the 2022 class. We've already seen guys like Tyson Ford and Aiden Gobert along that defensive line spot. So you can really see that mold of what Freeman wants to build coming in through recruiting. He's a 12th commit of the class uh, and a number four recruiting class, um, I should add, and a very long lean figure, body that can hold his weight. You would think he would play at that new weak side defensive end spot. I mean, he, he kind of just physically looks um, like Isaiah Foskey, he can also drop back into coverage. He's very versatile. So yeah, I mean, amazing. I'm going to try and going to try and get a hold of him. I mean, Lon- London by way of Ireland now ending up at Notre Dame. He's he's living the dream, I think. Well, JP, uh, international players are not new to American football, but most of the players have been specialty players, kickers. Georgia mm-hmm. Tech with a punter from Ireland, but now you're starting to see position players. How much do you know about Agu, and what was his athletic background in London? Well, he played for the for the London Warriors, um, and I mean, and and the NFL Academy uh, over in over in the UK. And I mean, I'm here right now. It's definitely exploding. It's obviously just having Saban offering an hour before Notre Dame did, and he was as soon as he got the offer from Notre Dame, he committed immediately, which I think is is also a thirty offers from others from all Division One schools. It's pretty impressive. I mean, I don't think I've seen an English, an actual Londoner like uh, get that much. Um, I mean, he's get. I mean, he's a three-star recruit, but in the sort of recordings I was watching, they all anticipate him to rise to a four-star uh, at the moment. And he's listed as an athlete just because he can. He has played at that tight end position, but you'll feel he'll be then moved into that strong side end position. Well, that'll catch you up on what's happening in Notre Dame football. This is Irish Illustrated International. I'm Len Clark, J.P. McGrath, across the pond. Until the next time, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish will practice again on Tuesday. And then Brian Pullian will address the media. So the next time we talk, we'll have more to talk about, especially special teams for the Fighting Irish. Until then, Len Clark for J.P. McGrath saying thank you for listening and go Irish. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.